Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn with the Go Long newsletter at golongtd.com. Hope everybody out there is doing great. Thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your life. We're going to do something a little different for this episode. I just thought it'd be a good idea to kind of give you all a sense for what you get when you subscribe to the Go Long newsletter. Um, Every Friday night, we have a special guest on could be a, a former player, most often a current player around the NFL. And frankly, we just throw some beers back and tell stories. It's a lot of fun. We've had guys like Allen Robinson on, Vince Williams on, Andy Janovich on, the Cleveland Browns uh, fullback, throwback, uh, about a dozen or so bush lights. That was a good time. And most recently, we had Isaiah McKenzie on, the Buffalo Bills wide receiver. And man, was he fun. Just told uh, a lot of great stories from the Bills locker room. Uh, the best prank he ever pulled when he was 11 years old, it'll kind of blow your mind, I think. Um, Sean McDermott had some Sean McDermott stories and um, what he's like as a coach and how he wants to get to know him more this year. And obviously he wants the ball more. Isaiah McKenzie wants to play a big role in this offense, and he wasn't shy talking about it. So um, th- this is one of our Zoom happy hours. It might sound a little chaotic in the podcast format, but uh, hope you enjoy it. He was great. And uh, if you do enjoy it, would be incredibly grateful if you gave Go Long a shot, you can subscribe today for $7 a month, $70 a year. That's a couple cups of Joe a month. And um, you get you get everything we have to offer, all the stories, profiles, features, analysis, and, and these Zoom happy hours, which uh, hopefully bring you as close as humanly possible to the game as I can. That's really the goal with Go Long is to just bring the game to you, to humanize this game, these players, these names that we plug into our fantasy football lineups, um, it's a lot of fun, so hope to see you there next Friday. I'll announce uh, those special guests to the subscribers week by week. And for now, here is Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, there he is. Good to see you, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Just out here living. Oh, man. Good good to put a face with the voice, man. Thanks for all your time uh, way back ahead of that AFC championship game. No problem, no problem, no problem. And, and thanks for making time here. These are uh, – the, the the go long OGs the subscribers here they they can't wait to uh, get to know you a little bit they know a lot about you because you're 
I mean, you're a fan favorite, so I, I know everybody's psyched to have you back in Buffalo, which has got to be awesome. Seems like you're having some fun with it too yourself, right? Oh, man, I'm enjoying it, you know. I always, this is where I wanted to be, so I just make it happen, you know, so. Love it, love it. Well, as, as everybody, I mean, everybody knows your your incredible story, man. Miami Gardens, Denver to Buffalo. I mean, you've overcome so much, and you're beloved here. You can basically get any candy, any moment, right? So life is good. Um, but I, I'm just, like I kind of um, was catching up with you before, I mean, it's just kind of a free-flowing deal here. I mean, yeah. these are these are a lot of Bills fans. I'm sure they got things to ask you, things they want to know about you, so they don't want to hear happy, me blab. This is happy hour. Like I get to pour a drink or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a happy hour. What you got working? Some Gatorade. That's about it. <laughs> Some water. <laughs> Andy Janovich was about twelve bush lights in. I think before we hit record last week. So that's, oh, uh, that's my guy, Andy. Andy. Andy was yeah. my guy. He was in Denver. That's right. You guys were teammates. Nice. Yeah, I like Andy. He was a good dude. Well, man, you guys know the deal. Just, you know, we don't need to uh, call any. I'm sure you guys have stuff to ask Isaiah, so just fire away anytime you want here. Yeah, whatever you want to ask. Isaiah, this is Colin down here in New Jersey. Um, thanks, big fan. Um, wondering if you're ready to return punts this year. I'm ready to return punts. Yeah, punts and kicks actually. I want I want I want I want both jobs. So that's the plan. Just take away both jobs. See what I'm saying? When you get when you got more jobs, you get more money, so that's my plan I'm doing. <laughs> How tough is it, Isaiah? I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but like your opportunities, it's like that ball comes your way, man. You don't know when it's yeah. gonna be coming back. So I imagine like that thought process of needing to take advantage of that opportunity it's the pressure's high it, it, the pressure is high like you know you never know what game uh, you will get the ball one game one game you probably can get the ball five times well in my position i probably get the ball three times max <laughs> and like the middle i probably get like one the next game you know so i try to whenever i know i'm getting that chance i try to take full advantage whether i'm like zigzagging across the field or trying to get extra yards. Like, I'm trying to, you know, trying to make it happen because you got digs and bees, you know, at, at the time, John Brown, even Josh. Uh, Josh will take off sometimes. It's like, dang, I could have had my opportunity there. But, you know, once you get the ball in the hands, you got to take advantage because you never know the next time we'll come around. What do you say, Joe, Mike? Jason, fire away. Oh, hey, Isaiah, how you doing? Nice to meet you, sir. Oh, no, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. Uh, question, uh, you know, when, when it comes to, like, your receiving skills, I kind of think of you as, like, a switchblade. Like, yeah. or like, like, you just do a lot of different things. Yeah. Is there a part of you, though, that wishes, though, like, you could be, like, that every down, like, wide receiver though like you know like like because I, I think I think I saw like you you played like a quarter of the snaps last year and I'm just curious if you feel like you you should play more like you should be like that third option on the team and like hey I should get more reps and like is there a part of you that thinks you could you should do, be able to do that or do you uh, just play the role you're in um oh I could always use a bigger role you know what I'm saying I don't I don't mind taking Taking on extra plays, you know. Obviously, and I wouldn't say obviously, but like 
that's what anyone anyone would like. You know, anyone anyone would like more balls. Now, of course, I would like more balls. But at the moment, I got to try to get more balls elsewhere. You know, like returning. You know what I'm saying? A little bit more plays on offense. But I know my role, and I, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not mad about it at all. You know what I'm saying? I just take advantage of what they give me. But you know, eventually, you know, hopefully, you know, God's willing. Eventually, I'll get a bigger role, and I don't mind just waiting on my turn, you know. But I, I see what you're saying. I, I I totally agree. I could I could use a few more plays on offense, but it'll it'll happen though. I mean, I got that sense from you when we talked. I mean, you're you see what a guy like Curtis Samuel's doing, right? I mean, yeah. he just got a good chunk of change there with Washington. It's like you you can do this stuff. Yeah, I imagine just, part of it. You just gotta have, you know, you just gotta get more. You know, it's just like 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 you said. Curtis Samuel, I'm saying he 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 went for I think I went he went for a thousand yards, right? Yeah, yeah right around there. Thousand right. yards receiving, but he also does like jet sweeps, get at running back. I'm saying, I don't know if he was a returner. I don't think he was a returner, but like he could do multiple things. I feel like I could do the same thing, and you know, if the time will come, you know, can't really push it. Well, somebody's got to ask. Power rank your top three candies. <laughs> uh, top three candies. Uh, at number three, E. I'm gonna go with gummy bears. So like, just generic gummy bears. Um, number two, uh, when I say Snickers, and number one is the Reese's. <laughs> Is there is there a wild card? Though? Is there there's got to be some candy that that you love that nobody's talking about enough, right? Like you're you're a, you're a connoisseur of this stuff. Mm, candy. Ah. Wild, uh, wild card. Throw a wrench in there. Um, I might have to say sour straws. Those are very underrated. You know what I'm saying. I mean, they're probably old. But I, I still like them to this day. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I catch myself craving them a little bit. I don't know why, but I'm a sweet guy. I like just eating yeah. candy. You know, I was just eating little bites. You know what I'm saying? Just some music. Even though it's not candy, it means kind of candy, not really, but sweet. I think okay. Twizzler bites are the best candy in the world right now. I feel like Twizzlers are nasty. What? <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry Twizzlers, man. Like, this, but the bites though are. The, I don't like the string ones. The bites though, those are are awesome. I, I can't. Uh, uh, I can't. Twizzlers like that. I feel like they're too plain. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, you can taste the strawberry, but it's like, I don't know. It's like plain. Like, I guess I don't know. It's hard. Tyler, you need to revoke Joe's membership for that one. <laughs> yes, that's an unacceptable opinion. Twizzlers, what the hell? What's Twizzlers. Place? Twizzler bite in that it's bag. Still, it's Dude, the same shit. It, it's no, it's not. It's like it's no, they're different. It's cherry. The Twizzler bites are cherry, whereas the, the long ones are strawberry. Which I don't like the long ones. They suck. The, oh, bite, uh, the bites are cherry. That's 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 worse. They're still Twizzlers, and they're still terrible. Unfortunately, you guys need to go to CVS, Walgreens, and get like the fresh bag. Okay, that's oh. that's it. You got. <laughs> Is there even such a thing as a fresh bag of a Twizzler? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fresh bag of Twizzlers. Oh. I mean, on the food, though, Isaiah, you've 
obviously you run your business down there in Florida. You've you've been in yeah. Buffalo long enough to eat some good wings, I'd imagine. Like any, everybody's got an opinion on wings, right? Like, what do you yeah. like? Where do you get them? How do you eat them? We, I don't know if that's been out there with you. Um, the wings. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Picasso. Uh, I think it's a pizza place as well. Like, but uh, I get the um, honey mustard and medium wings. Amazing fire, like awesome. Picasso, yeah, Picasso Pizza. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they got the wings. It's honey mustard and medium. We had to like mix it together. Gotcha. And it's the best thing ever. And I got it from uh, Jordan Phillips when Jordan Phillips was here uh, in Buffalo. Um, he put, you know, he's a, you know, he's a heavier guy, so he knows all the foods. <laughs> and I went to his house. He was eating, and I'm like, yo, these wings are amazing. And he, he told me this joke. Yeah, he came to, like, he gave me a joke. He was like, yeah, fat people make the best food. And I'm like, why would you say that, bro? <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, I can't say no. Like, what? I mean, maybe it's just metabolism. I don't know. Like, you know, you've been I'm, saying, I'm, like, I'm like, I mean, heavy people, like, I mean, I don't know if it's the best food. I know a couple of skinny people that have that food too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna, sorry, Andrew. I don't know if you're asking a question or not. Isaiah, what what, what was the biggest uh, deciding factor for you in coming back to Buffalo? Um, there was nothing that could really detour, like, detour me from coming back. Unless it was like a busload of money, which I knew I wasn't getting, you know what I'm saying? But even then, you know what I'm saying? If the playing fields were even, I was coming back to Buffalo. If Buffalo gave me a little bit more, I was coming back. So it was, there was nothing really that can take me away. Somebody had to really, you know, blow me away with an offer for me to leave. But other than that, like it was, if being, like I said, if being would have said, hey, you know what I'm saying? Come here and we got you a bunch of candy and hotel points, a new car that I would have been there <laughs> immediately, you know what I'm saying? But it was nothing that could really change my mind from coming like not coming back unless it was just like a obvious, you know, situation, but there was no obvious situations. I knew with the cap being that low, it was not really things things didn't really shake out how I wanted to this year. But it is what it is, you know? I mean, God, what, what was that process like? Because it's like there are a lot of guys in your position. It's just yeah. terrible timing with the way the cap was, with COVID and everything. I imagine you're hoping for something I, different. I was telling my agent, I'm like, yeah, I guess it was the wrong time, wrong time to like get eight total touchdowns. You know, like I'm like, like I should have did that next year. Like, there's no telling if I can get eight more touchdowns. Like that was, I feel like that was so. I wasn't aware of what I was going to do, but at the same time, I feel like after that season, I'm like, yo, that was so hard. Like, I don't, need, I don't think I can do that again, but I'm going to try to do it again. Just got to get you the ball more, right? That's yeah. it. A little bit more. Interesting. Isaiah, do you think – sorry. Um, with Andre Roberts leaving, have the Bills at all told you, like – because I know you you return punts. Like, do you yeah. at all think you're going to become the kick re- – the main kick returner, or do you want to be the main kick returner, or you'd rather stick to being a wide receiver? No, I want to do both. Well, all three. 
I want to kick return. I want to do punt return, obviously, and have my role at receiver. But those two positions, I want to, you know, hone in a little more because I really want those. I know my receiver position. I know if at the receiver position, I know I have my role. But at the part return and keep return position, I want that role as well, so I can get more, so I can get them more touches. You know. Did they yeah, tell you you're going to return kicks? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Okay, cool. Hey, I was hoping you would talk about uh, the AFC Championship game and yeah. the preparation and and everything that went into uh, preparing for the Chiefs. I thought you guys, you know, had been playing your best football up until that point, and. You know, it was, I think you guys probably included were disappointed as your, you know, as to your offensive performance that game. You know, what, what's the what's the feeling going into that game in the locker room? And then, you know, what do you guys think maybe went wrong that didn't let you guys, you know, perform the way that you wanted to on offense? Uh, going into that game, we had no doubt that, I mean, every team wants to win. And when you're in that position and you get to that, to that, to that game, you know what I'm saying, it's any, it's any team's, you know, any teams win, and that's what we were saying. Like we gonna go in here, we gonna win this game. That's that's our plan. I'm pretty sure that was the Chiefs' plan. But you know, from the offensive side of the ball, you know what I'm saying? It was just we had to execute. They executed better than we executed. So that's really how the game went. And um, the results, we lost the game. But other than that, I'm pretty like there was a lot of things we could have got better at that we you know could you know we wish we would have had back. But at the same time, you know, but. We learned from it. You know what I'm saying we're gonna come back next year and try to do the same thing. You know, try to get even further. But um, yeah, going into that game, we were like, hey, we were ready. You know, we weren't scared of the the stage, the big stage, the FC Championship, and all that. We was just, you know, going in there like, you know, we're the Buffalo Bills. We we got here for a reason. We didn't get here off, you know, off a of fluke season. So, but we learned from it. You know, this year we're coming back even stronger. What's, what's it like, Isaiah? I mean, the identity of the Bills, it just seems like, especially with what's gone on the last few weeks with loading up on offense, you just want to outscore everybody, right? You want to score 30, 40, 50 points. And it, nobody, I mean, nobody's been able to say that, you know, sober in, in Western New York, I think, since, what, the early 90s. What's it like to be in, in the middle of that? And, I mean, is, do you is that kind of the identity of this team? And maybe when you get back to that moment, Go for it on fourth down. Like, go to Arrowhead. Let's go for it. Like, let's try to outscore these guys. You know, I was – when I got there in 2018, it was kind of – you know, things were kind of rough around the edges. And, uh, and we were, you know, barely scoring points. And in 2019, we were getting a little better. You know what I'm saying? We still couldn't get over that 24-point mark. You know what I'm saying? Now we're just through the roof, like you said. Um, it's – you know what I'm saying? I've, I've been there through the hard times, and now I'm here – through these times, which are the great times, um, I just feel like, you know, at in the beginning, it was kind of like a defensive team, you know, the defense, you know, held their own and they helped us out, you know what I'm saying, when we were in that low scoring moments. But, you know what I'm saying, now I feel like it's, you know, we got a great defense, now we got a great offense. Now we just got to put it together, you know, like I said, and make another run and this time, you know, finish it off the right way. What kind of reaction have you had to the uh, the, the prank video, the the got to get the, the the water wet video? Um, <laughs> you made yourself a target, I'm guessing, with your teammates. I'm thinking you're, you're you got to watch your back for a while. Yeah, I had a, actually um, I tried to call Trey White today 
And um, he said, yo, I'm never answering your first time again. You got me all over the internet. I'm like, I told, I said, Brandon Bean made me do it. You know, even though he didn't, but I said, Brandon Bean made me do it. And then um, a lot of guys was like, yo, I'm not answering your FaceTime. So I tried to FaceTime those guys back just on a regular phone call. And they wouldn't answer. So I had to text them like, hey, this is not a prank. Like, but they don't care. You know what I'm saying? They, they feel like I joke all the time. So I'm like, nah, man, out. What's the best prank that you've pulled? I imagine there's probably more there that we haven't seen, right? On, on the building. With the team or just in general? Anything ever. Uh, the best prank I ever pulled. Um, gee whiz. I got a lot of them. I would have to say, um, you know, it's all off the record here too. So you know, if it's, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, saying this is a, that's an awesome question. Like I've just <laughs> had so many. Oh man! Oh, um, I had uh, pork ketchup all over me. One day, and I pretended like somebody, uh, like I was dead. And my grandma came in, and, <laughs> and she was like, she was crying, boo crying, and everything. And like, and she left, came back. The police was on the way, the firefighters, the ambulance, everybody. And as soon as all of them got there, I got up. <laughs> that can't be real. That no, that's not real. That's not real at all. You just made that up, right? You're pretty so, as, as, as soon as the police and ambulance, all the people came, blah, 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 I got right up and just walked out. Mad as hell. She was mad as hell. Like <laughs> like I think I was like twelve, eleven, twelve at the time. And yeah, all those people, I'm pretty sure it was probably like because you had the neighbors come in, because they seen the cop car, so they trying to see what happened. So you got, like, people coming in. It's, like, 50-plus people outside, people downstairs. I stood right up and walked out the tub. And people <laughs> were living. And she was so angry. Like, I got a whooping, everything. Like, I remember back. you said you got some whoopings from her, you know, back in the day. That was, that was probably uh, one of the worst ones, right? <laughs> nah, the worst one, the worst whooping I ever got from her was uh, we were at Wendy's. i never forget I was at Wendy's and she told me not to get out of the car. And she said, I'm going to go in here and get food. I'm coming back out. And she told me not to get out of the car. So I stayed in the car and I got out of the car. Let's see. And she, was, I tried to get back in before she got out. And she got a switch off the tree. She found a tree and got a switch off the tree and beat me with it, which was cool. That was fine. Like, I could take it. So we got home. I guess she was still mad. We got home. Like every, I thought everything was cool. I was still playing around. And I took a nap. I woke up and got in the shower. And all I hear is the door open. I got another whooping in the shower. That was the worst. That was the worst. I remember forget that one. <laughs> and sorry. And Drew was just asking, too, like the format on this. Like, you know, just fire away with any questions so people don't got to listen to my dumb voice. But real quick, before somebody jumps in, Isaiah, like, when you're laying there with ketchup all over you and the police yeah. are called and everybody's no part of you thought like, I should probably, you know, let them know I'm alive. You you took it to that point when everybody was there. Yeah, I, I wanted to, I think it's like, 
knowing what I know now, I probably should have got up sooner. But I wanted to make the prank go longer than it should. So I kind of like, and my sister was like, narr- like not narrating, but like guiding the whole thing. And my sister was there and she was like watching, like pretending like, you know what I'm saying? And then I just took it far to get to the extreme. And yeah. Catch up all over. Uh, not all over, just like made it look like I was bleeding. And da, da, da. and I don't know why she didn't, I guess she's older, so she's like, it's blood. She didn't probably think about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't know. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. So, all right. <laughs> and Isaiah's got something. He's got to jump off here in a bit. So th- thanks so much for hanging, Isaiah. Whatever you got to roll, just, you know, no, t- tab. Um, but I know that these folks got some questions. So just fire away, guys. Ask away. Uh, so I got a question here. Um, so I'm a barbecue junkie. Right? I'm obsessed, and it's hard up here because there's really not a lot of great barbecue in Buffalo. Yeah. Now, I know you're a barbecue guy. Do you have a what, – what's your favorite? Like, if you had to figure out what your favorite barbecue dish is, what would it be? From my barbecue place? Yeah. I'm going to go with the brisket sundae. Yes. We have a brisket sundae, which is amazing. So I'm going to go with that. Even The thing is, I don't make the barbecue. I don't know how to cook. Mm-hmm. But my chef, like he's amazing. He's like a pit master from Texas. Makes amazing barbecue. And um, actually, his assistant at the time came up with his idea, the you know brisket Sunday. And it was a like, like every time I go work, I'm saying I'm, I'm getting that. I'm getting the brisket Sunday. It's amazing. How hard was it opening a barbecue restaurant, knowing that you don't like? Obviously, you found somebody you trust, and you found somebody who's a great chef. How hard was it getting into that, though, as the owner of a restaurant? I mean, how, it had um, to be kind of a it was, actually, it was actually during the pandemic. So we started, like, doing things in, like, June 20th of last year. And that was, like, in the middle of a pandemic. But it was kind of easy because you didn't have to go anywhere to get, you know, permits and things like that. You had to do it online. So it made it easy for me because I didn't want to leave anyway. You go downtown Miami and ask the city, can I do this, can I do that? I'd rather do it online. So – that was the easy part. And then I guess the hard part was kind of finding a place to be in the right location so you can make the most, you know, the most of it. And mm-hmm. I felt like, so today I just closed on my, my second restaurant, which is like 10 minutes away from me. But the first one was is in Hialeah. So we kind of like, you know, so today I closed on my second one. And we just just looking for locations in the right spots, you know, because we don't use – we don't use regular like uh, how you say grills or we use barbecue pits. Oh, for sure. But these pits yeah. are big, and we need outside cooking. We want outside cooking because that's the traditional way of making barbecue, from what mm-hmm. I understand, right? Mm-hmm. So that's 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 the hard part because not not every city allows per, like you don't have permits for outside cooking, so it's kind of hard. But that was the only hard thing. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure now that we're in you know brick and mortar. It's going to be kind of difficult and things like that, but we'll make it work. Well, things will pop up, but no, I, I just think it's super interesting. Like, th- yeah. th- that's a that's a thing to jump into, man. You're you're certainly not scared of that. I, pre- I I can dig that. And cheers. Hey, congratulations to the new place. Appreciate it. Hey, I know we're talking barbecue and pranks and everything, but is all right if I ask you kind of a serious football question? Go ahead, yeah. 
So, you know, I think one of the things I really appreciate about you as a player being a diehard Bills fan is that not just that you've accepted everything that the team has asked you to do, but you've excelled at it. You know, like I think about when you came to the team in 2018, I mean, we were a freaking wreck, and you were out there balling out. And, you know, as the team has gotten better, your role has evolved. And, you know, reading this the profile and go long before the AFC Championship game, I like I got all into it. I was ready. It was like Ty is damn right. Get Isaiah the ball. It's gonna it's only gonna take three touches and that's gonna flip the script. And we didn't see it and you know, we all know what happened. And going into the offseason, I really I just figured you were a goner, honestly. Because again, every time you get the ball, you do something good with it. And I just wonder, you know, I, I, there's so many good vibes around this Bills team. Everybody talks about it's a different day in Orchard Park and everything. But at what point do you just go, what the hell else do I have to do? Uh, I guess I say that to myself when I get home. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what else do I need to do to get the ball? You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I'm doing everything they ask me to do. I don't mind doing it and things like that. But, I mean, like you, like you said, like I, you know what I'm saying? I accept my role. And that's all I can do. I can, all I can do is control what I can control. But, you know, eventually when those opportunities come, I'm saying I'll be prepared. You know, I, you know, I just, I just gotta, you know, it's, I don't even know what to say to that. You know, it's, it's kind of hard because I can't say, I can't get myself the ball. I'm saying I can't put in my own plays. I'm saying, but that's why I want the punt return and the kick return job so I can have more opportunities in a game. You know what I'm saying? And I know my role on offense. But I don't know if it's going to be the same. I don't know what's going to happen. But if it is the same, at least I have punt return and kick return to make up for it, you know? I guess I asked that question from a league-wide perspective, not so much what, what do you have to do to get the ball more in Buffalo. It's you've got this stuff on tape. I, I just thought I didn't think that there was any way you weren't going to have a better offer on the table. That And that's what kind of perplexes me. Um, I'm wondering. I'm sure you're asking the same question. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of – a lot of people would say, uh, well, not a lot of people, but it's just like they're trying to figure out, you know, what am I? You know what I'm saying? Is he a every down receiver? You know what I'm saying? Is he just a returner? You know, it's just kind of like, you know, so when you're in that gray area, they kind of get to lowball you in a such until you, you know, stick to one position. So I was like, if I was in Cole Beasley's role, then that wouldn't be that, that it wouldn't be a gray area. You'd be a receiver. If I was Andre Roberts' role, like I'd be a returner. So it's just that, trying to figure out what guy is he. You know, he does everything. He does a lot of things. He does a lot of good things. But where do we, you know, where do we put him? Like, where is his scale? Like, you know, what is his ceiling? But to, for me, it's just like, you know, put me where you need to put me, and I'll excel at it, you know. Whether you put me a receiver every down, I can make a place happen. Look what I did to the Dolphins, you know. Uh, if you put me a returner, I mean, I was have a background in returning the ball. So it's just, you know, the fact that they got to figure out where to put me. But this year, I'll make sure they figure out where to put me. Hey, Isaiah, um, with the locker room, who would you say are, if you want to just maybe like a Mount Rushmore of who are the the leaders in the locker room? And also, you know, when you name the people, like what makes that, what makes a good leader in the locker room? Like, is it yelling at people? Is it just lead by example? You know, bringing food to the locker room. Like, what, what, what's, what's the things that makes like your your top four leaders in that locker room? What makes them a leader? Um, top four leaders. Okay, picture all the players. Bye. All right, I'm gonna go Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes. Um, this is so hard because they're both leaders. 
between Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. They're both like good leaders. Um, and I'm gonna go with Mitch Morris. Our center, Mitch Morris. I feel like those guys are good leaders. So I'm just like with Mitch. I'm saying he's a quiet guy, very quiet guy. But um, when you look at him, he leads by example. But, you know, if he has to say something, he will. And I feel like, you know, he doesn't yell at guys. He, he just makes sure we need to get things done. And um, him being, you know, being in the league for a while, so he understands the game more. And he teaches a lot of players a lot of things. You know, on the O-line, he teaches a lot of guys. And just, you know, grooming Josh and things like that. But um, I, I hate to just say those four because there's a lot of people. But um, I'm enjoying Poirier. You know what I'm saying? He, he also – I would say all four guys, they don't say much. I lead by example, but when they have to say something, you're listening because obviously because they don't say much, but also because they know what they're talking about. And I'm gonna say Jordan Porter is because saying he's 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 been he's been around for a while. You know, he's he's on the back and he leads that defense just like Michael Hyde does. And I feel like, you know, a lot of guys listen to him. I I listen to him, you know what I'm saying? I'm probably the loudest in the locker room, but when he's talking, I'm listening because he has something good to say. And um I feel like Micah is the same way. Micah doesn't say much, but when he needs to say it, you know, everybody listens. And the same thing goes with Jerry. Jerry is like the, the uh, how would you say, like, we call them old heads. where like old school. They kind of like, you know, rough around the edges because they've been, you know, been through the trenches. And that's Jerry. He's going to speak up for the players. He's all for the players. You know what I'm saying? When, when, things, when things aren't right, he's going to tell us it's not right. When things aren't going good, he's going to congratulate us. But – you know, Jerry is the, the boss, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, everybody listens when he speaks, even the coaches. But um, I would say those four players, they, they do a great job of leading the team. And, um, you know, and another thing you said was, you know, what makes a great leader? I feel like for me, you know what I'm saying, you don't – I like to be yelled at. It doesn't matter. I can be yelled at. You speak to me soft. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't, but I'm listening because I know, you know, you're talking to me for a reason, especially if you're my teammate or my coach. Um but you know they they speak they when they speak you're listening you know they don't have to yell because everybody in the in the in the locker room respects those guys. But uh, you know, great question. Uh, yeah, those four. So Isaiah, great game in the Dolphin second Dolphins game. You you know you really showed everything that you could do. Um, what was going through your head when on that last touchdown of the half? When you come back in motion and you're picking up that guy coming right up the middle on the blitz, like I've never seen a play design like that. And not only did you come over and block the guy, but you stuck it to him. You you went to him. You didn't let him like give him a chance to run you over. So did you did you guys see that in, in film before the game, or was that something Josh saw, or how, how what was? Tell me how that all worked. It's I mean, when it's all out blitz, we don't have that many guys to block on all out blitz. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's more than five coming. You know, so. For us, we was like, if it's an all-out blitz, we got to bring somebody in because we already have the tight end in. So we have to bring an, an extra body in there to block, just to give Josh a little bit more time. So when that happened, we saw it in the game, and Josh was like, hey, come over. And which is, it's, it could have been B's, it could have been me. It's just, it's just, I mean, it was me, but it just so happened to be me. But it could have been B's, it could have been Gabe, but I just so happened to be in the game. So he called me in, and um, it was just, to, you know, block the extra guy because we didn't have that many many bodies to block. But, um, yeah, I had to give it to him. And that's another thing I do. I don't mind blocking. 
I'm saying? Like, if I got to block for Josh to throw the ball to a touchdown before that, I'll do it. And uh, that's what I did, you know what I'm saying? And we obviously practiced that. So I've I taken hits from Jordan Boyer and Micah Hyde because they know that I'm coming over. And, you know, it's kind of like a love-hate relationship. So I kind of got that toughness from them. So when I got in the game, it was like, hey, I know you're coming hard because my safeties already did it to me in practice. So I just had to lay the wood before he did it to me. Excellent. Isaiah, I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, your desire to, to return punts and kicks, and I just remembered back at, at Denver that mentally that was something you really had to work through then yeah. when, when things were bad. And I think a lot of people, everybody kind of goes through stuff mentally in life. How did you plow through that, and why are you so, like, eager to throw yourself big right into that role if, if that's really where you're needed and to do a better things with this team? I would say, like, I've been doing that my whole life. That's how, you know what I'm saying, that's when I when I got drafted. Like, I got out of Georgia. I'm the record holder at Georgia for the most returns, and, you know, most career returns and most punt returns. So it's like that's what I did, and I and I enjoyed doing it. I just felt like when I got to Denver, you know what I'm saying, it was a little different. You know what I'm saying I'm going against left-footed punters now. These are pro guys. I'm a rookie. I'm still you know, learning my way. And – I, and I take full, you know, full, full responsibility. All that was my fault. Every every mess up I made was my fault because I could, you know, I could have focused more on the ball. I could have did this. I could have did that. I could have made some better decisions. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that was my that was my, you know, downfall was like trying to do too much. I got too greedy because it was at a point in the beginning of the season where I was having a good season, and then after those five six games, I kind of went in the slump. And then you start losing confidence and things like that. But um, I feel like now, I'm saying it's been it's been a couple of years. I've been I've been catching points in practice, kicks practice, and I feel like being behind Andre, you know, taught me a lot. You know, whether it's making decisions, you know, you know, catching the ball, things like that. Because I know how to catch. It's just the fact that you know I got to be confident in catching the ball. I got to be, I'm saying I got to make the right decisions. I got to know when to let it go, when when not to, you know, when the fair catch and things like that. And I feel like. Being behind Dre for two years, it's, it's you know, it's molded me, you know, because I'm older now and I know what I need to do. It's I know what because I'm once I get the ball in my hands, I'm good with it. So I just need to get it in my hands first. But I know what I need to do before I get the ball in my hands now. So. I know Eric's got a question for you here. It's it's a burning question at the tip of his tongue. Let's hear it, Eric. He's being too shy. He wants to know if you found your Christmas tree the other day. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, actually, you know, it's, what is it? It's uh, April 2nd. I'm, I won't be finding a Christmas tree until <laughs> November, but uh, no, I haven't found it yet. Okay. <laughs> I, got a, I got a quick one. Oh, go ahead. Um, that guy, he was the year before last and the Jets game at the end of the year when a lot of the guys were resting and you got tapped on to go play uh, corner. Was that planned or was that just like a spur of the moment, you know, coach taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, get out there. And you're like, wait, what? Uh, it was, I forgot to play corner too. Oh, man, I'm just, I should be a Hall of Famer after this. But, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, no like a uh, guy went down you know, we were going to the playoffs, so we were trying to rest, you know, our starters and things like mm-hmm. that. But two guys, I think uh, I think it was Levi got hurt, and then I think it was another guy, I forgot who got hurt. Uh, 
Kevin Johnson was sitting down, I think, and Melly got hurt. So it was like, it was like, hey, and when Levi got hurt, he said, hey, Isaiah, uh, coach, uh, coach said, hey, Isaiah, you may need to play corner. I'm like, oh, okay. Not thinking it would really happen. I'm still playing offense. I'm like, all right, whatever. He's just talking. And as soon as somebody else got hurt, I, he said, I said, get in. I said, oh, you want me to get in for real? <laughs> I got to go for real. <laughs> I got to get in there. So um, I got in the game, and I wasn't scared. It was just like I know I'm fast, so I'm like, but I'm not really sure like I can backpedal. Like I don't know the techniques of a corner. But I'm an athlete, so I'm making it happen. But then they put a tight end on me. I'm like, yo, I got him? And he's like, yeah, you got him. I'm like, this man's like 6'4", 240. Yeah, me. So, luckily, they ran the ball. But all I had to do was set the edge. But Thank you, Adam Gase. But if they were passing, if they were passing, I would have been sick. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, though. I, you know what I'm saying? I, didn't, I forgot about that. I need to put it on my resume. So, Man, yeah, they should have so. extended Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Isaiah, I'm I'm down here in Miami, man. I I know um, you grew up down here. You're from down here. Can you kind of talk about what it was like with uh, just how how much how important football is and just the talent level and the and the competition in the youth leagues and middle yeah. school and high school because it's 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 unbelievable. I've only seen a little bit, but even even in the neighborhoods, like we did some work in the community and just seeing like in in some of the rougher community just how I mean it's all it's all the time in the middle of the summer winter time I mean there's a football and there's kids playing and they're fighting for it and everyone's trying to get to the top and you can just see that like that competition that level in these little kids just goes all the way up and that's how the talent just I mean rises to the top and dominates really when it gets to it you're right and um around here football is year-round like it doesn't matter if it's the Olympics going on basketball season track like football is year round. You got seven on seven. You got flag football. You got every, all these things. And um, I feel like there's a lot of there's been a lot of talent for, for years. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people, a lot of talented guys don't even make it, even though they were better than some guys that made it. It's it's just you know what I'm saying it's a, like Florida's. I wouldn't say that because you got California and Texas. They got good football, but Florida's the place to be if you're trying to you know play some football. You know what I'm saying? You got the sun. It's never cold here, so that's why football is year-round, you know, for the most part. But um, just like you said, it was it's uh, little leagues getting way bigger. It's bigger now. Kids, kids, little kids are traveling to other states to play football. Seven on seven is getting real big. You know, high school football is a, it's 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 been big, but I feel like it's getting even bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like with the offers and kids getting their NFL size already. So you're right. You know, football here is very unique, and you know, people love it. We had a draft season. Oh, sorry. So, um, do you have a good combine or uh, all or pro day or anything like that story from when you were uh, coming out? Or do you have any sleepers coming up from maybe your alma mater that you're looking at and saying, "Hey, Bean, let's go." <laughs> um, any combine stories? Uh, I think I, I'm pretty. I think I have a combine. Oh, man. No, I don't think I have a combine story. I just feel like the combine is, like, very tiring. So I feel like the guys that are running all these fast times and things like that, 
I feel like now they're they're in their they're in their environment. They got the rest. They, at the combine, you gotta be up at five in the morning, and they make you go, and they make you go to sleep at like twelve. I'm like, bro, what do you want me to do? You want me to run a four three with three hours of sleep? What are we doing? But it was it was cool though. Combine wasn't that bad, but the the sleep part was just ridiculous. Um, any sleepers from my alma mater? Um, so actually. My high school American Heritage, my high school American has a, about six guys coming out that I want to see you drafted. Uh, out of Georgia, you went to Georgia, Tyson Campbell, uh, Patrick, Patrick Sertain, his son went to my high school, he went out of Alabama. Um, Khalil Herbert, I don't know if you guys know, out of Virginia Tech, the running back, uh, he went to American Heritage as well. Um, um, who else? This is, Oh, Anthony Sports from Auburn ran ran super fast. He went to my high school as well. I, I actually raced against him before he went to Auburn. Like we, you know, we chat a lot. So those guys, I'm I'm kind of interested in see what you know what they're gonna do. But I'm ha- kind of happy that you know those guys are about to get drafted. So I'll be watching the draft. I usually don't watch it, but I'll be watching just for those guys. Yeah, what are you running at a pro day, right? When when the the trigger's a little quicker on that stopwatch. You mean for me or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, your combine time was through the. Oh man, yeah, my combine time was like four four two uh, four four two pro day. I probably ran a four four three something, you know, yeah. four three five. You know what I'm saying? I could have up my draft stop a little bit, you know, fifth round. I could have went fourth, maybe third. I mean, it was, but you know what I'm saying. I guess this, I should have waited to come out of college like now, even though, you know, you know, I'm older, but I could have found a way to kind of get that through there. But it's it's cool though. I like to see guys run, run fast, super fast, and then when they get to me, it's like, hey, how fast are you? You know. So. Hey, Isaiah, how would you describe um, Sean McDermott? I mean, and he's very close when he talks in public. He's very quiet. He's kind of a square, to be honest with you. Uh, but like, I'm assuming, like in the locker room, he's he might be different. Like, what's he like? Like when you in the locker room, like is he like what's he like? Uh, no, he's a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? He's, he talks to us. You know what I'm saying, probably is a square. You never know. Uh, <laughs> but he's our he, he's our guy. You know he he um he talks to us. He has the dad jokes and. What kind of music does he like? Uh, gee, that's I have no idea. The thing is, he is kind of an odd guy, you know. I'm not gonna lie. Like he used to be a wrestler. He he probably likes opera. I I think maybe he probably likes jazz. A little. Not saying it's bad. Like a lot, they can have one, but it's just for him as a football coach, you know, it's like you gotta get your players going. I'm pretty sure jazz is not or opera is not the deal. And I don't know. Maybe you know. He he may he may um you know catch us off guard with some rap here and there maybe I don't know but he's a cool guy you know what I'm saying I think he's, he's a podcast guy maybe <laughs> maybe I like it, like self improvement like discipline like he likes that he seems like he reads about that kind of stuff so maybe he does a podcast hey I I have no idea you know what I'm saying I, I you know what my goal this year is to get to know Sean McDermott. Like, know him like a book. I'm gonna try to get the, the the ins and outs of him. Then next time I'm on this on this uh, 
uh, what do you call this? Uh, 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 happy hour. I'm um, I'm gonna tell you all about them. You can just do the Sean McDermott blogs on go along. Oh. You're hired. You're hired. First hire. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, Howard does pan candy. So. Exactly. That's the thing. We we can't get you, you know, on the books with the W nines and all that crap. But we'll we'll pay you in candy under the table. We can do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome, mm-hmm. I, Isaiah. That that was phenomenal. I'm I'm sure there's some more questions out. I mean, you've been so generous with your time. I mean, anybody anybody else just jump right yeah. in whenever you want here. I got one more. Um, it's kind of a little personal, but I'm curious. Has because of COVID, the vaccine is out and it's pretty much available to everyone. Has the league or the team like told you guys, the players, like you guys have to get vaccinated? Like, I'm curious how that is. Like, or is it like it's up to you? Like, if you want to get vaccinated or whatever, they haven't come to me about anything. Or I'm pretty sure they didn't come to me. They didn't come to anybody else. Maybe they're probably in the talks, in the works of saying something, but we don't know anything yet. But we do know OTA starts April 19th, I think. But other than that, we don't know anything else about vaccines or when we'll be back. So we'll see. So I guess my question for you would be, you know, it's kind of been a whole thing today about being slept on. Like, you know, yourself, like, you feel like you can do more. Who else on this team is someone that you see in practice or that you think can be that next guy up or really just impresses you that we don't know about who we should other than yourself? Um. I, I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that you know what I'm saying that I see, and I'm like, saying if he gets a chance, he's gonna be great. And my my favorite guy, I'm pretty sure a lot of a lot of people like him is Duke Williams. Like he grinds so hard. You know what I'm saying? It's, he he he's a grinder. You know what I'm saying? He he's he's like he's grown mentally. You know what I'm saying and things like that, and he's just like every day he comes to work, every day he's grinding, every day he's putting 100. You know what I'm saying, but you'll never get to see it because he's not there out there on the field. But that's a guy that puts in 100 percent effort each and every day, and I feel like Duke Williams is one of the guys. You know what I'm saying, whenever he gets his chance, he's gonna shine. And um, yeah, you're seeing little glimpses here and there last year, you know, preseasons and things like that. But you know, he's a great, you know, he's a great dude. You know what I'm saying, he's like a brother to me. Um, uh, but he's one of the guys that I look, you know, I look forward to watching, you know, eventually. Oh. So how many wins are we talking, Isaiah? Do you, want, do you want to shoot a guarantee out into the atmosphere right now? You know, uh, opportunity. That, you know what? I can't even say how many wins because we got 17 more games. I mean, one more game, one extra game. It's do you like team. that? Do you hate it? I know it's kind of all over the place. I, the thing is, I can't do nothing about it. Like, I'm yeah. ready to the game regardless. Hopefully, hopefully, Coach said, well, we have a good record, and we can rush the starters by week 16 and 17, you know? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? And if I'm the starting, keep returning, part returning, maybe I'll get a break. Maybe. Maybe I'll get a break. But we'll see. Awesome. Isaiah, I know, I know Ty's trying to wrap this up. No, um, I'm not. Hey, Spence, you, you came in late, so, you know, what, what can you I do? know. I just th- – this is great. So, this locker room compared to other locker rooms, like, how's the vibe? I mean, are you guys – it's obvious you keep it pretty loose and you're all pretty tight, but 
compared to other locker rooms maybe you've been around, like how is this one any different? And, you know, the pressure of, you know, when you're coming, you, you win the first few playoff games and then you're going into the AFC championship game. So how do you guys stay loose and keep the vibe, you know, upbeat, but also super competitive still? Um, this locker room is amazing. I'm only been to two. You know what I'm saying? I hope I, I hope I stay in that area where it's just two. But Denver, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. You know what I'm saying? It was like a little, little bump of heads here and there and things like that. But who doesn't? But in Buffalo, I feel like that's, I mean, when you, when you, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's like one big family, you know? Everybody gets along. Of course, you're going to have your disagreements and things like that. But, it doesn't matter. Like we, we know at the end of the day we have one goal in common, and that's the one football games. But um, you know, going into the playoffs when we won those first two playoff games, we stay everybody stayed the same, and McDermott made sure that you know everybody was the same. He didn't change up the practice schedule. He didn't change up the way you know. He didn't get up tight. No, no coaches. We were all loose. Yeah, not super like, high, not super low. Yeah, we stayed. We stayed in the middle, and I yeah. feel like we were like that the whole season. You know what I'm saying because. After the Arizona loss, we could have won in the slump, you know. After the Tennessee loss, we could have won in the slump there. But we kind of stayed the course, you know what I'm saying? Nobody, there was no, we need to change this, we need to change that. We need to, you know what I'm saying? We just knew we needed to be better. So, you know, we had the players, obviously, because even though we lost, we kept, you know what I'm saying, we, we learned from it, and then we, we went on to win more games, you know. But um, I just felt like we all stayed level-headed, but at the same time kept our personalities because – you know what I'm saying? The only reason we kept our personalities is because our coaches kept their personalities. And For sure. you know saying? we are we only we're we're the we're the image of our coaches and I feel like we we did what they told us to do and you know, we made it far. You know, we, we came up short, but it's a learning experience, you know. So it's a fun it's a fun group, man, I'm not gonna lie. Like the way you guys are interacting with each other, it's it's fun. I mean, yeah. lifelong Bills fan and it, there's been some years where it's been not that fun, but this is super fun. So yeah, it was like it's cool. Like I, I never got the chance. I guess I would say like I never got the chance to see like. Well, I guess when I was in Denver until now, like now I see why. You know I'm saying teams make fans, you know, happy. You know what I'm saying now because like now that I look at it, we're winning games, we're having fun. You know what I'm saying? You know, social media with social media and things like that. It shows that, you know what I'm saying, we have an effect on people outside of the building. And for us to win games and make Bill's Mafia happy and, you know what I'm saying, eventually they got to come to the stadium and, you, and then they, they reciprocated that by yelling as loud as they can, even though it was like 7,000, you know. So, like, you know what I'm saying, that made me happy, you know, seeing that. And hopefully we can get everybody this year, you know, get all 73. That would be awesome. It's just wild, Isaiah, too, be, like talking about, you know, Sean McDermott letting guys be themselves. You know, Spence is, you know, hitting on such a great point. You guys all are yourselves, and you're having fun, and your personalities show. And I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of surprised it got to this point, you know, having talked to some guys when he first came in, like Sammy Watkins and some of the guys that left that first year. They they used terms other than square to describe your head coach that weren't that great. I mean, it, what is that like behind the scenes that? How does he kind of let you guys be yourselves when he is so – discipline so by the book and he's sleeping two and a half three hours a night and he doesn't strike me as a guy that wants you all to be yourselves like this um i guess he kind of like just trying to 
for him, for him, he's like a a sponge. You know, like even though he's so plain, he doesn't mind taking a little bit here from his players. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a guy can for example, like let's say he does listen to jazz or opera. He doesn't mind Trey White saying Trey White giving him a song to listen to. He'll probably go listen to it for real, you know? Like he doesn't like for me, he says, like, be myself. Me, I mean, I'm going to yelling practice. I'm probably doing a backflip here and there, doing something crazy. And he'll come up to me and be like, oh. You know what I'm saying? he probably crack a joke or something. You know what I'm saying? It's just like he knows I, you know, I joke around, things like that. But when we know we're on the field, we know we need to get the job done. And as long as he see that, as long as he see things getting done, he doesn't mind at all. But, um, you know, like, he's very – don't get me wrong. He's when he when he, when he speaks, we listen. And I guess that's the that's the I guess that's the number one thing in any relationship, whether it's you know a wife or a coach or whatever. You just have to listen, and when you listen, you take heed to it, and that's what we do with him, and that's why we were so successful this year. We kind of just take heed to what he was saying, but also you know continue to be ourselves. You know, and our personality show in the locker room, shows in the media. You know what I'm saying, but on the field, you know we. We turn into like marching soldiers, you know what I'm saying? We got one goal. We got to get it complete. After that game, hey, be yourself. Kai, do I have a chance for a question? Is it too hey, late? As long as Isaiah wants to stay, man, you're, you're giving us way more time than I thought, so it's up to him. <laughs> I'm going to be here for a couple more minutes because I got to throw, throw a party at 8 o'clock. So. Oh, that's nice. I, just speaking of fans, obviously, with no, no, no fans in the stands – you were able to interact with them in Twitter. Yeah. Fans were saying, listen, I'll give you a dozen wings to resign with the team. Um, they were offering you what they could afford, whether it was a part of their car or maybe a body part to sign with the Bills. Did that factor in at all for resigning for one year? And how much do you actually read what all the fans say on Twitter to you? Um, I read it a lot. I'm, saying I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what people are saying and things like that. But um, I'm saying I – like I said, I was gonna. I wanted to stay regardless, unless something extravagant hit the fan, and you know what I'm saying it was it was too good not to take. You know what I'm saying, but other than that, I was I was staying regardless. You know what I'm saying it, it's and like I said, I, I read what the fans say, and you know I appreciate it a lot because I know the fans are watching. The fans are you know what we do it for, and like I said before, like it's I was happy. Like I was happy that. The fans were happy that I was coming back. You know what I'm saying? They appreciate. I appreciate the fans. I'm pretty sure they appreciate me as well. And um, it's just, you know what I'm saying, it's, I, for me, it's the place I wanted to be. You know say whether it gave me a lung, a heart. You know say I would appreciate it. I would have came back, but you know, I wanted to be back. You know, regardless. So. Yeah, and Ty, you can probably speak to that. Uh, you've covered so many markets. We always look at fans in, in athletes as cynical, but. Don't you think, Ty, that these athletes in Buffalo actually mean it when they talk about the fans? Gee, I mean, it sure seems like it to me. I mean, it's it's real. I think because they understand the uh, the pain of, you know, the, the fans in Western New York. I, I lived in Green Bay for what five years, and it's just different. They're in the playoffs every year. It's like they go thirteen and three, you know, lose a playoff game, and the pitchforks are out at Lambeau Field. Where here, it's like seven and nine, and you're looking for that silver lining. Um, so I think that the, the players and the fans, it's, the connection seems to be a little different, no doubt. 
Yeah, it is. It is a little different. I'm saying now, like I said, now that I'm in it, now that I'm here and I've been here for a little while, like I understand. I'm saying now that when I first got here, I wanted to win for myself. I'm saying just to be on a team, just to win games. I'm saying, but now that we've grown from that, I want to win. You know, for the fans. I'm saying I want to. I got because I feel the support. I'm saying especially just for me personally, I feel the support for me, and I and to me like. I don't even have that big of a role to be supported. You know what I'm saying? So I do what I can. And for them to support me, for me just doing what I can and a limited role I am, you know what I'm saying? And and things like that, I, I feel it. So I just want to, I want to reciprocate that as well. I'm pretty sure Diggs and Bees and Josh, Milano, all those guys, they want to do the same thing. Now that they feel, you know, what we have, you know what I'm saying? So. Hey, Isaiah. Um, question: How did you how did you feel about John Brown uh, getting waived? And also, like, do you think he'll be a, he'll be missed because he was he was like the number one wide receiver a couple of years ago? And Emmanuel Sanders did he he did he play with you in Denver? Yeah. You know how how do you feel about him? And so, like, two part question. Um, both great players. Uh, John Brown, of course, he would be missed. I mean, like I said, like it's, it was like a family. You know what I'm saying, but I feel like. Every year being in McDermott, the organization just comes up, you know, bring these guys along that fit the puzzle, you know, like, like no knock to John Brown, great player. But now we have Emmanuel Sanders, which, you know, has a great personality. You know, he's won a Super Bowl. He had team chemistry. You know, he was on a team with Bob Miller, Tlaib, Chris Harris, uh, Demarius Thomas, like Peyton Manning. So he has, he knows what it takes. And um, he also, he's also like a, a social guy. And that's what we, we our team is very social. You know, we get along, we all get along, and I feel like it. You know, we, you know, it won't we won't miss a beat. You know, and I and no no disrespect to John Brown, but like I said, you know, they always find a piece to replace, and they and they do a good job. You know, a good job at it. And um, I feel like you know, Manuel Sanders is a great player. He's gonna bring that dog mentality, which we already have. He's just gonna you know, you know, fuel you know, add fuel to the fire, and we're gonna keep this thing rolling. Awesome. Well, I don't want to cut it off if there's one more question out there. Anybody who hasn't had a chance to uh, ask Isaiah, who's just been awesome here. Anybody got one One last one? Who's the worst? drinking at the party tonight? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you drinking, man? What, what are you doing? What's your favorite drink? Uh, so is it, I've never drank or smoked in my life. So I've never, I don't know, I don't know what, you know, anything tastes like, I, to be honest. That's great. I got. I've never done that before. So, but the people right. around they drink. You know, what I'm saying they they smoke and things like that, which is fine to me. I don't knock it, but I've never done it in my life. So, I, I, but I will be having the Gatorade and waters. <laughs> <laughs> so, great, but, great marketing opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Fisting. I don't get me wrong. I'll drink a, a ton of juice. Like I, I love strawberry lemonade. You know what I'm saying. Oof. Other than that, like nah, I've never done that. So That's good. We try to get all sides, you know. Last week, like I said, Andy Janovich about fifteen bush lights deep, you know, chewing tobacco, and then we got Isaiah McKenzie yeah. living a clean life. So we try to get everything here. The water and Gatorade's legit. Man, Isaiah, that that was amazing. We can't thank you enough for spending a Friday night with us. I mean, God, thank you so much. We can see why you're, yeah, you're a fan favorite in Western thank New York. You, that was great. Thank you. 
Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for having Thank me. You. Yeah. Yes, Thank you. Yes, sir. Whenever we can do it again, do it again. Yeah. Hey, you, you just say the word, man. It's open invite on the Go Long Happy Hour. Just just say just say the word. I appreciate you, fam. Right. Thanks, Isaiah. Thank you. Mm-hmm.